normal then this is not the show for you please go somewhere else this is wyrd if it's getting weird it's got to be the weird mountain gals show you're listening to byron and alicia the weird mountain gals Practicing that. No, one. ma'am, I did not practice it at all. I just did it. That's a spontaneous thing? Yeah, yes, it was improvisational ringing. Well, for y'all who can't see it, she was clapping her hands too. They were not castanets. <laughs> you, know, you kind of looked like the Spanish woman going choo 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 choo. They're you know. big old rough farmer hands, is what they are. Golly. Oh, I have to tell you, and I'm swearing off this subject after this. Oops. That may be them telling me not to speak of it. No, no, that's just ugly. I just clouds bumping together. Well, there was a, a certain someone on television who shall remain nameless, but most people will know who I'm talking about. I caught a couple of minutes, and that's all I could handle of a little bit of the appearance. And I have to say, those are some of the wimpiest looking palms of the hands that I have ever seen. Have you ever just seen a hand and you went, ooh, I don't want to shake that? Oh, yeah, no, the ones that are like icky white toe bones? Yes, oh, that's that's a good description. It was like, ooh, it looked like it would just mush in, it looked white, just real... Flaccid. Flaccid. (laughs) (laughs) Just like something else, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, so it just kind of grossed me out. And after that, I I didn't even notice the, the voice that usually is like, Nails on a chalkboard, and you just couldn't stop looking at the palms. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it's just. Yeah. Anyway, I can't. I can't tell you. You know what? A man's handshake and a woman's handshake used to be as good as their word. That was the saying. You remember that? That's exactly right. And and I, well, I belong to a religion that doesn't mind if you judge people. <laughs> Me. So I will judge somebody on the strength of their handshake. A lot of people do. That's taught in business. Yeah. If you come at me and you've got some sort of little, again, flaccid, here, take my hand. It's like, ooh, like squeezing a dead carp. I know. I I used to be in the Chamber of Commerce, as you know. I was the queen of the Chamber for a while. And I had to shake a lot of hands. And I judged a lot by the handshakes, too. I'm judging. You can honestly tell who works for a living. Mm-hmm. Does physical work versus who doesn't. Oh, yeah. You can tell your computer geeks or your piano uh, players, your mm-hmm. musicians by that stuff, your massage therapists and so on. And you can tell about a person's personality by the way they shake a hand. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, love, I love hands. I love, I love it when a person's hands, you can look at it and tell what they do. Yeah. yeah. I've got a friend who is a finger-style guitar player, mm-hmm. and it's, and that's really strenuous, and he has got 
these enormous hands and really thick fingers because that's his mm-hmm. stock and trade. Yeah, yeah, and big pads on the fingers. Yeah. Who yeah. was it, Dickens, that wrote about the authors that would get the ink on the tips mm-hmm. of their fingers? And there was uh, the, oh, this is testing my memory, Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Sherlock Holmes could tell so much by a person's hands. Yeah. And, well, yeah, and you can. Yep, yep. And Zig Ziglar wrote about that, too. Do you remember Zig Ziglar? I do, I do. Tell, I guess he did write about that. I don't think I ever read... Anything other than little excerpts from him? Boy, I read his books like I—I I read them like I was drinking water. Mm. As, I don't know why. I have no idea why a seventh well, grader would care. Uh, well, I was young. Yeah. I didn't know about stuff, but he—he he was an interesting writer because he would tell you. In my mind, what he was doing is telling you how to manipulate other people's opinions mm-hmm. and actions. Yeah, and he called it business. You see? Yeah, I never forgot that. Mm-hmm. Because it just felt like, oh, you mean I can just manipulate somebody? And I just thought that was the weirdest. Because I, I, I had not really experienced that that I knew of. Yeah. I was young when I read Zig Ziglar. And uh, I remember thinking about it through the business world. It was a lot of weird books kind of influenced me at that age. I think I've told you before, my grandpa would come in with a, a box of books. And he'd spend two huh. bucks at the auction. And he'd, he'd get a box of books, and he'd bring them in and stack them up, and there'd be 10 or 20 boxes out on the carport. And I was free to read anything I wanted. Oh, I love it. And I did. And so I had, as a, as a child, I had some weird influences. I read Zig Ziglar. I read Nostradamus. Mm-hmm. I thought Nostradamus was fascinating. And then I read all my mom's old nursing books, which were horrifying and also fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I read Adult Psychology. That was the first psychology book I ever read. And I was probably 10 or 11, I guess, when I read it. And I still have that book, and I just read it from page to page. And then there was uh, Pediatric Nursing. I've got that oh. book, too. It's about that thick penis God. length and big green book. And just I read that like nobody's business. And I walked around for years and years afraid that when I became a quote-unquote grown-up woman, that I would have a fallen uterus. Oh. I actually thought that women would, you know, that that's what would happen because I saw in this pediatric nursing or or whichever one it was, I can't remember now, but I think it was in the pediatric nursing because it was talking about some of the uh, side effects of pregnancy. And, of course, if... Did you know that? Oh, yes. That? Oh, yes. Well, it was a horrifying thing to behold in the black and white photograph. Uh-huh. It is a pretty horrible thing. Yeah. And even as we're talking about that, I'm doing Kegel exercises. Yeah. Like, oh, how's my pelvic floor today? Yeah. Okay. I think she's okay. <laughs> That's the thing. I tell you, and we don't do nearly enough of those, but... I think if I did them all the time, it'd stress me out. You know, I'd be like, uh, uh, uh. I don't know what to say. I was doing them before I even knew what I was really Ow, doing. What they were. Yeah, or what you would use a vagina for. And I don't know what to say about that. But I just got some weird influences as a yeah. child. Well, uh, I, it was funny. My, my mom would let me read, ju- I'm going to say just about anything. And it really was anything except, now my mom and my grandma... And some other relative, I don't remember who it was, used to, they'd pass around books. 
So one of them would read it, and it would go to the other. Right, yeah. And then they'd talk about it once the last person had read it. And they read, it must have been like 1969, I'm guessing, they read Rosemary's Baby. Ooh. And I was always the last one, because they would talk about it, but, you know, then I got to read whatever the book Your was. Your own book club. I know. And then I was like, oh, are, is everybody done with it? Can I read it now? And my mother said, you are not reading that book. That is not one for you. You read that when you're older. And then, of course, when I was older, I read it when I was like a couple years older, I read it. I was like, oh, well, that's that's really interesting. (laughs) I remember reading it, but I don't remember anything about it. The ones that I read that I'm kind of embarrassed that I read because I love them so much were the Stephen King books. It's like, now that I'm older, he's a sick guy. He's oh, no, he's mind. not. He, he just has a great imagination. Well, he has no filter for his imagination either, though. But, boy, did did I read this last series of his, uh, the Tower series. Uh-huh. That was the last set of books that I ever read by him. Uh-huh. But up until that point, I read everything he had written. And then I, I quit after the Tower series. It was like, that's too much. It was too much, much huh? It was enough. Yeah, it was, huh. it was enough. I, I, was I never got walk. into that when I started it. I think I read the first book in that. The Tower was, series? Yeah, it was just too much of a... It was all mashed up to me. I couldn't... I, because I liked some of his other books. I tell you, the when I read Pet Cemetery when that came out, it must have been the 80s, I guess, mm-hmm. that was the last book that scared me. Um, that I, re- I read it and I was like... <laughs> And since then, people will recommend movies or books to me, and I see them or I read them. It's like, meh. And I guess because I read a lot of uh, horror when I was growing up. So it really, it takes something. I cut my teeth on Lovecraft and oh, went yeah. on from there. The so, Cthulhu. He yeah, gave me some so nightmares. It takes, it takes a lot to scare me, and I've not read or seen anything. My poor old blessed daughter that I love more than life, if you're listening, my darling, she'll go, oh, mama, you got to see this movie, because this one will scare you. And I'll go, oh, boy, this is going to be great. And she will have recommended something, and I see it, and I go, uh-huh. Yeah, because the real world is scarier than that. <laughs> oh, ain't that right? <laughs> and what people do to each other in the business world, that's way worse than any of oh, that stuff you oh, can put on the movie. That has, ru- has ruined us, I think. Ruined? Ruined us. Because, <laughs> you know, when you're talking about Zig Ziglar and, and, and manipulating people for business, it's like the whole ethics of manipulating I know. But it's okay because it's business. So whatever it is in business, it's okay. And that is just patently wrong. And it's what's wrong with this damn country today. It's too many people go, well, but business, but business, business. Well, I'm telling you what, if you are doing something that is unethical in business, you should be damn shut down. Yeah, it was, oh, it was, it was, it was one of those things for me that I was just like, what? I couldn't imagine it. So you know? it's not something I do to my neighbor because you know because it would get them mad at me. But I can do that in business. It's okay in business. Yeah, yeah. Anything to get ahead. Well, that is wrong, and I don't care who knows it. It's wrong. No, I agree with if you. If you do anything to get ahead, then it's wrong. Well, if you're if you're climbing on somebody else's back to do it, then it is wrong for sure. If you and are digging somebody else's grave yeah, to do it, yeah. it's wrong. Yeah. I had a thing in in my business when I ran my business. And that was anybody who walked in the door proclaiming what a huge Christian they were 
that I was not going to do that website, not because I had anything against them, but because over and over and over and over and over again, I would do a website for church or something. Uh And after all the work had been done, then I would get the guilt trip about donating it to the church. And, And I just got tired of having to explain to them why I needed to pay my bills with real money. And, yeah. and I knew that they had the money and, you know, it was a good faith uh, beginning. And I also had this other thing where if I was, because somebody would come in and they'd want a website. Well, they'd have to talk to me before I, I would understand what their project was about. And if they, if they explained to me over and over again that, well, you know, it's just business. I walked. I yeah, walked because they could just justify any behavior with that. Yeah. You know, and I also got tired, and I don't know if this is everybody's experience or just mine, but I got so tired of being treated like a second-class citizen because I was a female. Mm-hmm. And they'd come in, and they'd just say the crappiest things to me, like, what? Like, they were just shocked to death that I could possibly be doing any kind of technical thing, oh, you know. Yeah. And I got called little lady one time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know oh, my gosh. I would love to have been there when somebody little lady knew you. Oh, you know, the only one that can say that to me is our Craig. And he can, because it's a term of endearment. Yeah, it's a term in this. See, did you hear that, Craig? Me saying you're just being sweet. Yeah. A sweet boy. Of course I'm sweet. (laughs) Just ask me, I'll tell you. And the other one, and this uh, this didn't happen nearly as much, but it did happen occasionally, and that was somebody would walk in the door and they'd hear my accent uh-huh. and they would instantly assume a few things. Mm-hmm. And I understand how the media and the chamber and the tourism places and all of those folks who want to get people in here spending money at any cost. Yes. They, you know, they had all these little cheesy marketing kind of things they would do. And somebody would hear me and they'd go, oh, this is Granny from the Beverly Hillbilly. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Or Ellie Mae. Or Ellie Mae. Yeah, I'd like to think that, but you know. And Well, back then you were Ellie Mae. Back you then I might have been. Now. I might have been. And it just would irritate me. And they thought that everything was as it was portrayed by the chambers and well, stuff. Well, because like, the chamber and the tourist development people, they commodify that stereotype. They do. Every like, damn time. Like popcorn Sutton. Don't even get me started on that bunch of crap. Popcorn Sutton. I know a bunch of y'all have probably heard of Popcorn Sutton. You probably had some of his nasty moonshine. No, I'm glad to say I never did. Some folks might even have a wonderful opinion of him. Uh-huh. They might think he was a rogue or whatever. And that they have a little bit of admiration for that. But the thing is, Popcorn Sutton was not as well known as you might think around here prior to his death. (laughs) It's really true. After his death, he became much more well known. And, of course, he looks like a stereotypical mountain man. He was thin. He had a long beard. He wore overalls and a hat. And... He had things that were very quotable that he would say, mm-hmm. you know. But I have to tell you, he's not a good representative of the men who make moonshine in Western North Carolina. And I saw that damn show for about ten minutes, 
that had those moonshiners oh, yeah, on it from Graham it. County and some other place. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell planet do... Did they fall... What tree did they fall out of? Yeah, no, I'm not saying their moonshine wasn't good. I'm quite sure it was at least better than popcorns. Well, but, you know. and I'm going to say, when I was growing up, and I grew up in West by God, Buncombe County, <laughs> so it is not the moonshine capital of the world, we did not call it that. Nope. We called it corn liquor yep. or white liquor. Yep. And you never called them. Moonshine was some kind of touristy thing. Now, I've talked to people in West Virginia whose family did use that word moonshine or shine, but we never did. It was always corn, corn liquor, or white liquor. We called it the corn. Yeah, the corn. You got any yep. of the corn. Yep. And, you know. I'm in the market for some corn. Yep. Yep. And we knew what that meant. It's just yeah. like code word. Today. Is there a code word for marijuana today? I know back no. in the 70s it was I wouldn't think so because it's so legal everywhere. I guess it is. I don't know. I think the trendy word is cannabis now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, God. I'm too cool to call it weed. <laughs> I'm calling it cannabis. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, if, I, if yeah. I would hear somebody come up and ask me about moonshine and stuff, other career was in the hotels and tourism uh-huh. and stuff, and people would. They'd want to go hunt out popcorn sudden. Go ahead. I'll tell you where the dirt road is. Go on. Go and sing. And people take advantage of his name, too. There's a a restaurant in the town that I live in Uh that has, like, a shrine dedicated to him. Really, they've got pictures and his quote-unquote story, and they've got a still that they claim is his. Well, I'm maybe sure. they paid his family a bunch of money. Because well, I don't think he paid his family much attention. Well, if they did, then good. Then that'll Me be, too. you I know, something good that came from all the merchandising of his name. Yeah. But I have to wonder about what it actually did to people's opinions of Western North Carolina and the folks who make their own liquor. Yeah. You know, we it, used to have a very proud tradition about that. Yes, we did, and we still do, but it's an underground tradition. I guess you're right. I uh, guess you're right. There's plenty of people. In fact, I'm, I'm on my handheld computing device right now um, because I go to the Appalachian Studies Association conference every mm-hmm. year, That's and cool. there is a movement and there's an organization that is trying to legalize corn liquor and legalize it so that you can... Um, you know, you can make a certain amount for your own use, blah, blah, blah. Do they regulate the amount of alcohol in it at that point? Um, I don't know if they would. I'm trying to find the name of that group. That's interesting. But you got to know that there are many people out there going, whatever, and, and they're just doing their own thing and continuing to. Oh, and, and it really is, it's an art form. Yeah. You talk to these people that make... I got some corn liquor from a friend of mine four years ago, maybe five years ago. It was the best corn liquor I, I ever had before or since. And I don't like flavored corn liquor. I don't either. I like it plain. Not that I like it at all. That's what, because that's when you can taste the quality of it. And it was smooth in the mouth. It was smooth going down. You didn't get that kind of Listerine burn like you do a lot of not good corn liquor. And... You swallowed it, and the finish on your tongue was butter. Butter? Butter. It was the best corn liquor I ever wow. had in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I parsed that out just like a tablespoon at a time. Oh, yeah. Just a little tiny <laughs> drop of that. It was so good, but the process is very involved, very hands-on. 
there's like for 24 hours, maybe 36 hours, you don't sleep. Oh. You stay by the stove. Oh, and you tend it. And you yeah. tend it because if it, and I don't, I don't know the process, so I don't know if it, there's a smell or a sound or whatever. Mm-hmm. You got to be there when that happens or else it overcooks or the mash undercooks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of really good corn liquor. Well, I think it's interesting that that industry has always existed around here and it will no matter how legal it gets. There's going to be somebody who'd rather have their own. Yes, ma'am. And their family would rather have so-and-sos. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they had a reputation. The good ones did anyway. Absolutely. And frankly, you could not you could not buy corn liquor for what it's worth. Like that stuff I just told you about where, where an artisan sat by the kettle for 36 hours to make sure it was perfectly proof. Oh, yeah. And perfectly, you couldn't pay for that. It'd be a thousand dollars a pint, and nobody's gonna pay what it's worth. So, to have the kind of quality that, and this is just one guy. This is just one fellow. There's plenty of people out there that do it, and and they pride themselves on their quality. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, and you know what's interesting is their kids grew up to be. Uh, weed farmers, illegal weed mm-hmm. farmers. I think it was 1987. Sorry, I'm on that subject today, but it was 1987 or so that I read a report about the largest cash crop, or the largest, yeah, the largest cash crop in North Carolina was uh, corn, and the second largest was pot, right, or marijuana, whatever. Yeah. And they expected at the time for that to flip. Of course, those were back in the days when we there was a tobacco market. Too. Right, right, right. And that was what the study was about, the fact that the tobacco market had fallen from number one to number three for the first time. Mm-hmm. So now Burley tobacco is almost a thing in the past. Certainly up here it is, for sure. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have their own allotment for their own use. Yes. Um, but, yeah, for most people. And a lot of people have turned over from tobacco, which was pretty reliable, to growing hemp. Yeah. Because uh, there's now a market for that. And, you know, mm-hmm. good on them. Yeah, I say good on them, yeah. too. It makes uh, really good paper-ish products. Mm-hmm. I say paper-ish. You know, just like paper that really, really lasts. And uh, not to mention all the other things that you do with them. And I, I even see hemp in, like, the health food stores mm-hmm. as yeah. a kind of a grain to eat or a cereal or something. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fine. People make their way, and they do what they have to do. And Well, people up here especially. There's a lot of that now. In 2020. Mm-hmm. I wonder, and I was wondering that today as I was driving over here, I was thinking, what is this area going to look like this time next year? How many businesses are gone? And if I had a business that was in danger right now, what would I be doing? Would I be waiting for somebody to give me some money? Would I be trying to sell it? Would I, I know. You'd you be hustling. You'd be figuring out, huh, my widgets. That's I used it. to sell them door to door, or I used to have a lot of walking <laughs> trade for my widgets. How am I going to sell my widget? I should. I would be coming up with two or three different things. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what you have to do. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning who had a brand new book come out earlier this year. In fact, we celebrated that book coming out on, I think, Friday the 13th of March. Oh. And then every sh- everything just about shut down yep, three right days later. So she's not been able to go to bookstores and do book sign-ins oh, or any kind of tour, anything like that. And we were talking about, because I've got a new book coming out early next year, 
how how it is we need to rethink what a book event looks like and how does it how do you do it as a virtual book event? How do you do a book signing? I'm doing a book signing online on this date. You order the books. I've got them here. You're going to watch me sign it. Then I'm going to ship it out to you the next day. I don't know what that's going to look like, but we're going to brainstorm what that could be. Well, you won't know till you try it either. Right. I think that would work, actually. That's a good thought. It could be fun. That's I creative. Think. You know, that is creative. So yeah. you'll do it through a, some... You could do like a Zoom thing or... I don't know. Could I'm you do a Facebook thing? You could do a Facebook Live. Absolutely, you could. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. We should Facebook Live again soon. I know. I love doing Facebook Live. It is so easy. <laughs> I had the one problem about a month ago, I guess, because now I've got my phone set on battery saver. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you do that? Yeah. So I don't have to charge it so much. But what it means is that it's just not as boosty. So I was trying to do this Facebook Live thing, and people go, kept going, you're pixelating. I can't oh. hear you. I can't hear your voice. And I couldn't figure out what it was. Uh, and then um, and so I said, well, okay, we're going to do it again tomorrow night because I thought maybe my my signal wasn't good because I've got that crazy signal that comes flying from Spivey Mountain over <laughs> to my house. Um, and then I realized, oh, because I've got my battery saver on. Oops. <laughs> yeah, I know. So if it's stuff like that happening. I, I am educable a little bit. Educable? Educable. Who was it? Educatable. Uh, edumacated. Edu- I'm edumacated. <laughs> That's, uh, Craig is educated. He's the one who taught me that. <laughs> I had a moment this morning. I can't remember what it was. Something online. You know how it just gets me started. And I was like, I am not listening to the opinion of somebody who didn't even get their skanky ass out of high school. You hear me? <laughs> but, but, no I did, but, but I you. did not say that online. Because I'm not, you know, I don't have a death wish. Well, right. I mean, kind of I do, but not really. Well, everybody's a damn expert. Oh my gosh, aren't they? Yes. Everybody. And they're expert on things they don't know a damn thing about. They know how to speak, and they know how to type. And they know what their opinion is. And they know what I their don't opinion even is. Know. Why are you wearing a mask? Because my face is really ugly and you don't want to see it. I wish you were wearing a mask because you're uglier than I am. <laughs> That's a, I wish I'd thought of something like that the oh, other Are you going to talk about your encounter over at the, what was it, the drugstore? Yeah, yeah I was going to go pick up mom some stuff <laughs> and there was a restaurant next door and I I don't know why I can't remember now but I was I watched there was two guys sitting outside at a table and they both had these neon yellow t-shirts on so I assume that those guys are some sort of construction crew or something and I did notice that it looked like they were talking to everybody walking in and I looked at everybody you know everybody walking in and I noticed that some of them would wait until they got right in the store to put their mask on. Mm-hmm. And then some of them walked in with their mask already on. And I kind of put mine on after I got out of the car. And as I'm walking in, the guy just looks at me and he smirked. Oh, and it was the smirk that oh, did it. Yes. It wasn't so much the words. I expect idiots and ignorant people to use ignorant language. But he, he smirked at me and he goes, a mask really well and I was you know gone at that point I was walking in when he said it so I did my thing and I came out and the dude said no way you're wearing a mask you'll be dead soon and I lost it it's a, <laughs> it's a sign of the stress of the times 
uh-huh. that, that you're holed up all the damn time. You never up. get out in public. I don't get out in public. You ain't civilized no more. You do know I that. I never was. You ain't civilized. <laughs> well, I was wearing shoes. So well, what else can you all ask? Right, all but, right. And they weren't even Crocs. But uh, so I considered I was all right. But I did go off on the guy, and before I was done, the thing that bothers me the most though is he smirked at me. He's the one who started it. Yep. So when I finished it vocally, he just stood up and made a fist at me like he was going to hit me, and that's when I just lost my mind with him. <laughs> <laughs> and so his little friend had to hold hold on to him. I mean, he, <laughs> He must have been some sort of, he must be some sort of wife beater or something. Because he really had that reaction. He just jumped up. He was going to hit me. He was at least wanting to fight with me. Or Physically scare fight me. with you. Yes, or scare me. Because yeah. he, he made yeah. a fist. And I guess he just didn't realize, first of all, I'm born redheaded. This ain't died. <laughs> and and I, come by, I come by my heritage, nat, you know, naturally. I control my temper quite often. But boy, if somebody's going to do something like that. Well, tell him, tell him what you said to, what him. I, said to him when he balled up his fist I don't fist remember all direction. of it, but I do remember at some point telling his friend to take, you need to take your friend with the little thing <laughs> before he gets hurt. Well, what you told I me. I think was, I told him I was going to throat punch him or something. <laughs> well, what you told me, which was not too long after it happened, yeah. was he thro- threw up his fist like that and you stepped towards him yeah, and I did. said. I dare you. That's right. I did. I dare you. That's it. I did. Yes. Yeah. I, I wanted him to at that point. I was like, how? I got my thumb on the 911. <laughs> Here we go. I, Sorry, Craig. Give me some crows. It's all right. And I but and I was ready to just, I was. Yes. And then after I throat punched him, I was just going to take my big body and jump and fall on him. Yes. That would just finish him off. It'd be like a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, except deadlier. Dead, so, yeah, it's real. Yeah, because yeah. I, I wasn't fooling around. And I don't know why I got so mad. Well, I rarely been, get that mad. You have been hold, holding all that in for so long. And we get in on social media, and there's all these people just saying the stupidest damn stuff. And some of them are my damn relatives. <laughs> and I, I had to disappear some people recently because it was all that, well, you sheeple with your mask. Oh, God. Blah, 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 blah. What if this was blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, okay, you don't want to wear a mask because you have no respect for human life. I have understood that for for decades now. So that's a given. But you don't have to be a jackass about people who are trying to protect their families. Yeah. Obviously, you are not somebody who ever cared about protecting your family. Evidently not. Because, so, I, you know, and I read this thing about how to answer people who, who were talking about the numbers that were killing folks with COVID and how, how the flu kills more every year. And it was a perfect reply. It was like, wouldn't it be nice if we were all considerate enough all the time mm. so that these flu numbers of death would go down too? Yeah. And well, I thought that's really a good yeah, way to put it. There yeah. was somebody on TV right before I left um, who was saying that anytime you are infectious whether it's a cold or flu, because, you know, sometimes we don't know if it is a cold or the flu. Mm-hmm. We just know we're snotty, we got a cough, we may be running a low-grade fever. You should always be careful. It's What's not just COVID. 
is that you should always, if you're sick, maybe you should always wear a mask when you're going out in public, regardless of what the disease is, because you don't want to spread the flu either. Yeah. Flu is awful. Flu kills people. Flu kills people. And flu people like COVID damn kills near people. killed me. If you that's remember. right, flu did damn near kill me. I had to come up these stairs with my oxygen tank behind me because I, I was supposed to be on oxygen all the time after almost dying of the flu and it wasn't pneumonia it was yeah. the flu yeah you know and so yeah it does kill people and these mountains are full of mold oh, and yeah. humidity oh, yeah. and the result is we have a disproportionately higher group of people with allergies and asthma yeah. the two things are separate yeah. but similar you know, and of course, this this area, this fifty foot area, excuse me, fifty mile area between Knoxville and Asheville, that's as the crow flies. <laughs> that area is the highest allergy area in the entire world. Is it really? I it did is. not know that. And so it's no wonder that people come here and they just get swollen eyes and itchy. And unless you are very hardy stock, which I obviously am a genetic mutation. You're a freak. I'm we a mule. I'm a, a genetic freak. mule. Then, But unless, if you have very hardy stock, then you're good here. But other people who've never been sick a day in their life will come over here and get allergies and not know why. I tell you, yeah. for two weeks now, I've been blowing my nose and wiping my eyes and I'm not sick. You know, I don't have it's fever. I don't feel bad. It's just something is growing or something has come in that's yeah. given me that I'm allergic to, yep. and I'm I'm pretty stout, you know. I'm not you're allergic very to a lot. Yeah, no, you're very this healthy. Is just a sne- and sneezing. I've been sneezing like Hurricane Timothy. <laughs> Why chew? Why chew? Oh man, that's crazy. It is, but it's kind of it's expected this time of year. Harvest time Should for be. me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what can you say? And folks, let me just tell you: don't be a jackass, no matter what you're beliefs are because you never know what you're doing and what's getting ready to happen to you if you run your mouth to the wrong person (laughs) says the woman who said to the construction worker come on i dare you you. ball your fist hit me come on well i dare you you big wiener if you ask me he was one more in danger than me because i was the one that was mad he didn't even know i hope his little friend grabbed him by the back of the collar said now now, Bubs, Bubs, step back. She looks pretty fierce. That's a redhead. Well, he, he just kind of quietly, kind of, I think he kind of held like his elbow or something. And it was just, I was done. And I, I continually did that afterwards. You know, it was like. She just made a gesture that we refer to as the penis shrinking spell. That's the one you just saw. So you need to know what she was doing. You couldn't see it. Because we have not yet done. The Weird Mountain Gals TV segment. Oh. But that is coming. You know it's coming. As soon as I get my beach body, right? Oh, uh, well. <laughs> Not the whale body. Oh, no. I'm going to say, oh, no. If we can't do it till we have beach bodies, we ain't never going to do it. <laughs> no. Nah, we don't have to do it in bathing suits, do we? Yeah. No, no. We just no. do it regular clothes. Or naked, I guess. Naked. We do it naked. Like the calendar? Yeah, so we'll just hold like a loaf of bread in front of our chest. <laughs> Like hello, or we can hold our calendars that we've got for sale. Here is your, here's your uh, calendar with your <laughs> almanac in it. It's your farmer calendar right here. Don't look at my chest. No, look at it. Buy a calendar. I like it. I hate you. As <laughs> you lift up your oh, so inappropriate to say that. I'm sorry. There was a terrible set of. 
This may really have to get crowed completely out, but there's a terrible on, set of move, or movies, and they were like Girls Gone Wild or oh, something like that. It was awful. Crap. And, and misogynist crap. It was all misogynist crap. And the joke going around was the girl, you lift the shirt and you go, I hate you, Daddy. You know? oh, I told you it was oh, inappropriate. Well, no, it's actually ter- sadly appropriate. How did we even get on that? I'm sorry. Because we're talking about beach bodies and doing TV and, and dumbasses. And some. people being jackasses. Yeah. Honest to God, there are so many people out there that are hurting, hurting hard. They've lost. Some some people have lost everything. They don't know which way to turn. We have no damn leadership mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. And and then come sliding in are these bunch of mean jackasses is all yeah. I can say about it. Yeah. They're just mean as hell. They don't care whose feelings they hurt. They don't care what you've been through. It's that I've got an opinion and I'm about to ram that thing right down your throat. Well, and if you say anything about it, I'm going to have another opinion, too. I just, and I'm done with all of them. All yeah. of them. Yeah, me too, pretty much. And I I, th- I, th- I think that was a indication of it. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> I would have given, oh, I would have given a plug nickel to be there when you was like, huh, really? <laughs> all right. I guess if it, we're going to end it this way, this is how it's going to end. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. I hope that doesn't happen to me again. Because I, I tell you, I feel like if I lose my temper, I really am the one that loses. Usually. Yeah. Usually. And I like to be more in control of myself. And in a way, I kind of was. I think if he had done anything, something, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. well, and you might have stepped back and called 911. like, do you like the sheriff? Yeah. I think you're going to love the sheriff in Henderson <laughs> County. I think his I'm friend calling him right now. His friend might have been the one calling 911. Because yeah. had he actually tried to hit me. I just, I don't know. I tell you, the sweetest sound I ever heard, we were doing a public ritual in a public park. And we had come out of the park. It was all done. It was this beautiful, tender little ceremony for somebody's relative who had died. Lovely, sweet. We came out of the park up against this big, dumb, meth-addicted, drunk. I don't know what the hell was going on with him. And he was... You know me, I'm 5'4", and he was probably 6'4", 6'5", and just vicious, vicious. You bunch of Satanists in the woods. And I was just right, and I was just doing my best to talk him down. Talking him down, sir, this is what we're doing, blah, blah. And behind me, I hear this woman say, yes, 911, this is where we are. You need to send a squad car. You need to send back a... It was the sweetest sound I ever heard. Uh, and I tell you, we had a cop. It was in the city limits. We had a cop there in five minutes max. And and the officer stepped out, and he said, What is the situation here? And this guy turned on him like, Ain't no goddamn place, man. Let them tell me anything about that. And all I heard was, Ladies, why don't you just step right over here? We're going to need to talk to you in a minute. And they... Put that guy in cuffs and put him in a car and took his ass downtown. Well, good. I mean, and then they said to us, "Anytime you have a problem like that, you call us." Well, good. I'm glad they did. Yeah. And yeah. You, that's to me, that's what they're there for: protect and serve. Uh huh. You know, yeah. we don't even need to talk about that no. subject at all. But because everybody's going to have a different opinion about it, 
But I'm going to change the subject yeah. completely because I'm looking Do past it. you out the back door, and we got a storm brewing. We keep hearing thunder and mm-hmm. stuff, and there are yellow leaves falling down. I saw. And I think it must be probably a walnut tree because they look like they're about mm-hmm. that size and that color. But I swear, it feels like fall. It it's has the, for the past two days. It's had the first little kind of feeling about yeah. it in the air. And it's interesting that it corresponds so closely, you know, uh-huh. with Thomas. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And speaking of the walnut tree, I noticed that on the fence, there's that fence over here yeah. on this side the of the very corner. Very nice fence. Very nice fence. There is a walnut perfectly in the middle of the top of a post. And it's like, did it fall there, or did a squirrel just hide it there in plain baby, sight? Baby, I haven't seen too many squirrels, I'm happy to say. And that may have something to do with the hawks and the eagles and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I expect any time I'll start seeing them, because the little things are going to be burying walnuts oh, everywhere. God. That's all right. It's not all right, because I look to when this is going to be a farm, really. And I'm going to be sitting on the back porch with a 22 every time it... Damn squirrel shows up. <laughs> we have bunny for supper. We have squirrel for supper. Have groundhog for Sunday groundhog supper. For supper. <laughs> I swear, I met this amazing bluegrass musician down in Georgia. I was visiting some friends. And I'd heard all about him. I'm not going to call his name because it might embarrass him. Uh, I'd heard about, and I'd heard him play, so I knew how good he was. And, um, and I walked into my friend's house, and he was there, and they introduced me. And I was like, oh, I just, I'm, I'm being your fangirl. You are such an amazing musician. And the first thing he said was, well, you're from Western North Carolina. You ever eat any groundhog? I said, well, yeah, yes, sir, I have. <laughs> the whole conversation, the first conversation I had with this amazing musician was how to cook groundhog. He said, well, first, got to get you some old spring from the mattress, you know, the box spring with nothing on it. Now, I can't have nothing on it, just the metal springs. Then, and he went to, went on, proceeded to tell me how to not only, I mean, you got to shoot them was what he said, but you catch them, how to clean them, and then you get you eight of them, six to eight of them, to cook on on this big kind of modified grill thing. I thought, I am sitting here listening to this world-class bluegrass musician tell me how to cook groundhog. God, what, I love bluegrass. What I do you do it. with the, the the spring? Do you... You use it like a grill. Oh. And you put it up on, oh, uh, on concrete oh, rocks. okay. And you put all the wood down below. So you basically barbecuing <laughs> groundhog. He said, oh, it's good that way. And all the fat just comes off of it. Because, you know, they're very fat. I, I've never had groundhog. Oh, it's good. If it's cooked right, it's really good. How many times have you heard that <laughs> <Yeah>. about Appalachian <laughs> food? Yeah. Well, if it's cooked right, it's really good. You say, well, I guess <laughs> I've never had it cooked right. But is it not gamey? No. Um, I mean, well, if it's, so it's, if got it's more cooked fat badly, than... it's got a lot of fat. So, And you're really wise to like marinate it for 24 hours in something like buttermilk or even tomato juice. Oh, I know why. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it pulls out a lot mm-hmm. of stuff you don't want to taste yeah. in that meat. And then um, you can either slow roast it or, you know, hmm. and it's good, it's good. Do you hear that down there? Delicious. I'm talking to the groundhog Smack under the my floor. lips, have a bunch <laughs> of roasted root vegetables, a little bit groundhog, it's better than Thanksgiving. Oh my goodness. Well, we wouldn't have trouble with them in our gardens if we still ate them. That's true. 
That's true. I mean, because you know how humans are. Every time mm-hmm. something comes up and people go, oh, no, it's that invasive fill-in-the-blank yeah. critter. Yeah. I just think, well, you just got to get some New York chef to put it <laughs> on the menu and say, well, we, let me tell you what you need to eat are emer- emerald ash borers because those are so delicious. They're so crunchy and flavorful, and I use them as a tapenade for or, blah, blah, blah. Organic, of yeah, course. Yeah, free range. Free range. I mean, we would eat it to <laughs> extinction. We do that all the time with stuff. Free range groundhog meat. Ka-ching. Ka-ching? You yeah. listening down there in the basement? You listening? Big giant groundhog. I told you about that time I was sitting on the porch. <laughs> this would have been last year. Yeah, and it made the weirdest noise. It was like groundhog singing or something. Yeah. Oh, because it was happy. like. Boom, 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 boom. It's like I got a big old den down there yeah. where they want to put a root cellar. In my luxury I'm home. Gonna, exactly. I'm gonna live down there. And every time they put twenty pounds of potatoes in, I, I'm living. I don't know. Groundhog is evil. I tell you, the worst of anything with farming is dealing with the predators. And isn't that true of life? That's like microcosm yes. macro. Right, it's just like it's the whole with the predators. thing that I told you about the other day. Yeah. Yeah. This groundhog that I remember when I took that picture of it, mm-hmm. it's because I went around the corner as it was coming out from under the house. Mm-hmm. And it just, it didn't back away. It just kind of kept looking at me. I just stared at me and I stared at it and I noticed and then I lied on Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Y'all, we couldn't have done any of this without Craig at Sunslice Records. We just want to say thanks. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals.